New York Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays were tied 4-4 going into the ninth inning. In the bottom of the ninth inning, Toronto Blue Jays, Bo Bichette, hits his second home run of the game, giving the Blue Jays the 5-4 victory over the New York Yankees. Yankees are now 5-7, young in the season. Never thought I would call anything New York Yankees, especially to start a podcast, an episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This is episode 163, and it's all about fallen friend, Ricardo Sarabia. If you know Ricardo, which you will get to know him on this episode, his tribute, the tribute to Ricardo, Rick. Crazy, crazy New York Yankees fan, and we had to start off this show in honor of him with the New York Yankees. Ricardo passed away January 9th, 2021. Got sick, already had some elements not going well. I mean, he had some liver issues and health conditions. He gets sick and just kind of propelled the downfall. I'm not going to go into much more because we have three awesome guests that tell us what happened, about his life, funny stories, Yankee stories, Call of Duty stories. Rick was loved by a lot of people, has a lot of close friends and family that is definitely mourning his loss and wish he was here every day, all day. Such a great dude. We all have stories and... That's why I kind of want to do this tribute podcast, you know, so people had an outlet, somewhere to share their stories and talk about a fallen friend that will forever be missed. You know, that's pretty much going to be the intro. There's a lot of sports to talk about. High school-wise, the All-State boys basketball team was released from the Illinois High School Association on Monday. Today is... I don't know if you want to call this Wednesday or Thursday. It's like 2 a.m. Officially Thursday. Yeah, it's officially Thursday, April 15th. Edge of Your Seat Podcast was just at the Big Northern Conference Boys Soccer Tournament. Semi-final between number two, Mendota, number three, Rockford Christian. Rockford Christian pulled it out. We talked to Mendota coach Nick Myers. Wanted to talk to a lot of people but it was so cold and windy, we wouldn't have been able to hear him anyway. The wind was absolutely brutal. It's like a mini tornado without any funnel clouds. That's how windy it really was out there. Didn't get to talk to anybody else except Nick because of the weather, but we did have an extended conversation with him at home after the game, over the phone. We will have that hopefully later today. Probably a late night show. Got a lot of things on the books planned for today. But we will have the high school sports breakdown, national stuff that we want to talk about all on that show. Again, hopefully coming out later tonight. But this one, all about Rick. Ricardo Sarabia passed away at 33. His birthday was in November, turned 33, then passed away in January. Ivan Sarabia is his brother. He's first up. Then we got Tyler Nyman, a good, close friend of Ricardo and then Martin Diaz, another real close, good friend. All of them friends, Ivan, Tyler, Martin, all good friends. And 
so many awesome stories. I was smiling for the most of the editing process, and it was awesome. Just thinking about Big Rick and you know memories, and hopefully you're doing the same thing. And if you have some awesome memories that are maybe not shared on here, and you would like to discuss them, feel free to hit Edge of Your Seat Podcast up. Send us an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Social media, we have Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P, and Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. You can also hit up my personal direct lines. I am Brandon Lachance, the host of the show. I think it's Lachance Writer on Twitter, and then Brandon Lachance, looks like LA Chance, on Facebook. This special heartfelt episode is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. There's nothing really else to be said. Nothing. Except, rest in peace, Ricardo Sarabia, you are always going to be missed. You are the life of the party, the guy always smiling, the guy always helping other people smile. A lot of people love you, a lot of people miss you. This show is for you, man. Thanks for all the good times, all the good stories. Thanks, bro. It's not every day you start talking to somebody you went to high school with. Haven't talked to him in a long time, but always been bro Hamids, always been cool, always been brosives, and have to have this guy on. His brother, good friend of mine, talked about him on Edge of Your Seat podcast a couple times already. Ricardo Sarabia, rest in peace. His brother Ivan was in my class in high school and had to have him on to share some awesomeness of Ricardo. Such a good dude, funny guy, and why not have his brother on? Ivan, how are you, my dude? Brandon, I'm doing, I'm doing all right, man. I know it's uh, been a while since we caught up, but like you said, uh, we were always cool in high school. And I know when you reached out to me, it was just like, it was like we were back there, man. So thanks for reaching out, man. I really do appreciate this. Definitely, definitely. Always been a good dude, like we both just said, and we have to let everybody know. You were the homecoming king, 2004, Mendota High School, and I was on your court. That's right, man. Uh, oh, man, I know we were talking before we got it started, and uh, man, I, I actually I still have the crown somewhere. I, I think it's in my parents' house. We kept it, so that was a good time. For sure. That was like my highlight of high school. Not really, but I'm going to say that now. <laughs> it was a ton of fun. Uh, it was a ton of fun before we could all, you know, uh, actually, you know, know what we were doing. We, we, we thought we were at the top of our game, busting out the dance moves and drinking, you know, Diet Coke or whatever. I remember, I don't know why I remember this, but you just said dancing. And I remember, yeah, by Ludacris and Usher being like the main crazy <laughs> song then and we went nuts on that dance floor and now it's i hear it all the time and i'm like this came out when i was in high school man dude the whole the, our whole class was on the dance floor when that song came out it was crazy it was, everybody everybody yeah even people who didn't want everybody jumped up i was like all right let's do this it's because we knew how to have fun that's what it was Exactly, and then we continued the party at the uh, at the Alps, and uh, yeah, that was a good night, man. Yeah, never forget that one. Like I said in the intro, rest in peace, Ricardo. Let's, I want to like jump straight into this, but I 
kind of want to. I've been waiting to talk to you for, we've been planning this for like a week or two and, you know, schedules and things happening in both of our lives. So let's just start with, you know, what happened to your brother and then let's talk some stories and some funnies and he was such a great dude and made everybody smile and I don't know anybody better than you that can tell us about that. Yeah, man, it's funny because, you know, after all this happened, I never knew like the impact he had on so many people. Like, I always knew him as, you know, Ricardo, Rick, you know. I hit him up and was play some Call of Duty, but, you know, after he passed away, like, all of his friends reached out to me via, like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, text messages from somewhere they got my number. I was just, like, blown away. And, yeah, the thing that bothers me, unfortunately, I wasn't close. I was in North Carolina when he started, when he got sick and due to COVID, I couldn't see him. So that's the one thing that's really bothered me and frustrated me because I, I wish I could have been there with him um, as he got, you know, when he got sick and then as he got better and, and then unfortunately took a turn for the worse. But yeah, man, it's, it's just, it's, I'm still kind of shocked by it. For everybody that knows Ricardo, he was very, uh, you know, hard-headed, he's like, nah, I'm good, I'm good, I don't need to see a doctor, I'm fine. Let me start off, so he actually went into the hospital Christmas Eve, and I talked to him probably the weekend before Christmas Eve, and he had mentioned to me, like, hey man, like, I'm not feeling good, um, I'm having trouble breathing, you know, got fever, body aches, you know, the typical stuff that you would hear, you know, either you find a flu or COVID, so unfortunately, like, he was suffering, and then by the time, you know, a couple of days passed by, it was that bad that my folks called in an ambulance to take him to the hospital. Um, so they took him to the hospital, they ran tests, said it wasn't COVID, but, you know, nonetheless, he was still hospitalized, and he was in the hospital. I think he was in Rockford for 12 days, and then in Rockford, I thought he was doing really good. You know, he was talking, he was starting to move around, he was transported to UIC, and that's where, you know, next thing I know, he's not talking anymore, he's not, his phone's been taken away because he's back in the ICU, so, and then he, uh, he passed away on January 9th. Like I said, man, we, we found out his body was having issues with fluids, he was getting fluids in his lungs, in his stomach. And they couldn't do anything to help him. So unfortunately, he was so bad that his body was shut down. So yeah, it's uh, it's still still tough, man. It's still tough because I remember talking to him like you know before he went to IC, and we were talking about you know, hey bro, like get better soon. Like me, me and Martin, we need you back on Call of Duty. Like we keep getting our our butts whipped like by these kids. Like we need some backup, you know. And, yeah, you know, that was the last time I talked to him. And a couple of days later, um, he was, you know, ICU at, in uh, UIC, and he passed away, man. So his, his stuff came back negative for COVID, but, you know, we were talking because the way, the way it hit him so severe, like, he was fine. And then it hit him like a, like a ton of bricks. So... We don't know if it, you know, if it was COVID and then he, you know, his body fought it off by the time it got tested and, you know, he wasn't detectable, but either way, it doesn't matter. You know, he's, he's not with us anymore and that's the 
hard part. Definitely, man. Definitely. Did he have pre-existing conditions and got that, and that's kind of what happened? So that's what we're thinking. That's what it sounds like. Um, he has issues with his liver. That's what it sounds like was ultimately, like, the thing that kind of really affected him. Because, like I said, man, like, I went back to Mendota for Thanksgiving. He was totally fine, wasn't sick, walked around just fine. And then, you know, December hit, a couple weeks later, you know, like, I was talking to my folks, and he's like, yeah, he's, he's not doing well at all. Like, he can't even move. He needs help walking around. And this is probably, like, this is probably about a week after I had talked to him. But I'm like, all right, like, he needs to go to the hospital. Like, he's not, like, he needs some more attention. So it sounds like that's what it was, that he had some type of liver disease, and that really was what it took to kind of take him down so quickly. It's sad, man. So sad. Like I said, such a great dude. You mentioned Call of Duty. I was just playing Call of Duty with him probably a month ago in December. And then when COVID-19, not in March when it first happened, but probably like, I want to say June or July when a second rampant run of cases came through Illinois, I was off of work for a week and then I'd go back and then I was off and you know every other week and when I was off for those weeks I sat there and pretty much did nothing except play Call of Duty with Ricardo and he was a monster at that game and I sucked so I gave him no support he had to carry me dude I'm telling you man he he was the stud of our team like he would always get I know um, a couple guys together and he was always coordinating everything. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, when do you learn this, man? Like, how are you this good in his room? He had a dedicated, like, monitor just for Call of Duty. Like, that's how intense he was about it. He was a monster. I don't know how he got that good either. Like, I would go, i get in the game. I'd take, like, three steps, and I felt like I was getting shot at while he's around the corner shooting five people. I don't, I don't even know how that works. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I, I always told him it'd usually be uh, me, you know, Ricardo, Martin, and then like Tyler, or like even Mike Rapine would jump on. Ricardo had his crew, and then sometimes he would be like, hey, you want to join us? I'm like, sure. I'd always be the one like, all right, let me go out the front, draw the fire, and then you guys can kill him and then bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were like the pawn or the decoy. Exactly, exactly. That was cool with it, man. Yeah, let's go through it. Uh, Twitter, Instagram in the meantime while they, you know, got some money and brought me back. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Let's hear some funny stories about Ricardo, man. Obviously, you're 35. He was, is he 32? So I'm 34. I'm going to turn 35 in March. So uh, he, he was 33. Gotcha. I forget that I'm one of the oldest in our class. I turned 35 in October. Yeah. I'm an old man. Yeah, I I was just saying, bro, come on, man. Don't don't make me turn 35 so, so early. Not yet. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to catch up with me, man. <laughs> Look, man, I'm trying to stay in the, the low 30s as long as I can, but I know it's coming. But, yeah, he was uh, he was 33, just turned 33 on November 24th. And I tell you what, Rick, Rick you know, as his friends call him, he was a good dude, man, always a good brother, like, no matter what. I could count on him, and he would be like, yeah, man, I'll, you know, give me a couple of days, I can I can help you out. Here's a funny story, this is a really good one. This was after I finished my master's, my master's degree, I was moving to Nashville. I said, hey, bro, like, can you help me um, 
move in. I got a, I got a U-Haul rented. I just need help, like, with moving all my stuff. He's like, yeah, dude, for sure. Like, I'm down. Like, I'll help you out. And I was like, cool. Like, we're going to drive the U-Haul there, and then we're going to fly back. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm going to pay for your ticket. Like, I just need you to ride down with me, help me move in, and then we're going to fly back. I drove the whole way there, and as soon as we got to the, my apartment, he's like, oh, wait, I forgot to ask you, what floor do you live on? I was like, oh, yeah, it's the second floor, so it won't be as bad. Mind you, this was probably, this was August in Nashville. So it was probably about 90, super humid, and he cracked me up. Like, we were going up the steps. We probably moved, like, maybe, like, 10 minutes of moving, and he's like, bro, I'm not going to lie, man. I need, I need a break. The guy was, like, sweating like crazy because he wasn't used to it, you know? I was like, all right, just help me carry this couch, and then you can sit on the couch and, like, rest. So we brought in the couch. Kid you not, like, he sat in the AC in the, in the apartment for, like, 30 minutes while I kept moving stuff because he was like, dude, this is too hot. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, all right, bro, like, that's cool. Like, I just got moving my bed. He's like, are you kidding me? And this, this wasn't one of, like, the, like, you know, super light beds. This is, like, the power base that goes up and down and, you know, put your feet up, put your head up. Dude, that thing sucked. And I tell you what, after that, he's like, bro, I'm done. Yeah, you move the rest on yourself. I said, that, that, that's fine, man. I just needed help with the couch and the bed. Like, everything else, I got this. That was the one funny story, dude, because I, I, you know, he never once asked me, like, what floor are you moving to? Like, no, he's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll drive down there with you and fly back. Why not? And we went out and we got some, uh, got some food, some beer, and then... We flew out that same that same day back to Chicago. That was one of the good stories, man. For sure. And you said you got your master's degree. Where did you get your master's degree from, and in what field? I'm one of my one of the old uh, master's degree students. I was in college, and I was in my 30s when I got my master's. Um, so I went to Rural University, and I got my master's in social work. You know I was in the military, right? I told you that. I did. I was going to get to that a little later, but we can jump into that right now. Talk about your military <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, well, the only reason I bring it up is kind of what brought me into the field of social work. Um, so I was in the Army. Uh, I was in for four years. Did a tour in Afghanistan. And uh, obviously, I, I got out. And when I came back, I was like, man, just, I struggled. I, I won't lie. I struggled for a hot minute trying to get myself together and adjust to life after the military, especially after deployment. I got connected with the VA and they had me connect with some social workers and they helped me out a lot. And I was trying to figure out what my next step was after the army. Uh, you know, one of my social workers, she's like, you ever thought about social work? I'm like, no, but now, yeah, I actually would love to do this. Like, I would love to help out other veterans and kind of navigating, you know, life after the military. That's kind of what pointed me into social work, and that's what I'm currently doing here in North Carolina as well, and I'm loving it. Definitely, definitely. I did know that you went into the Army, because when you were doing that, I think... Hold on, I'm trying to timetable. <laughs> yeah, because when you were doing that, I was in the National Guard, and I remember talking to you about that. Oh, really? Man, I don't remember that. Yeah, because you said you were going to enlist or whatever, and I was like, yeah, I was thinking about the National Guard. And then I thought we may have talked about it after we actually did, but I don't remember the timeline or anything, but yeah. 
Yeah, actually, now you say that, that conversation does sound, that, that does come to mind, yeah. Uh-huh. Because here's another name drop. Me and Scott Foster joined National Guard at the same time. So, and then I remember hearing that you were going to go to the Army. So I, I remember bringing it up to you, but I don't remember the process if we were just thinking about it or if we did or if we were already enlisted or how it worked. But I remember talking to you about it. Yeah, no, I do remember that. Yeah, now that you say that, I do remember that. Uh huh. Yeah, man. No, it's, I, I don't regret it, man. It's uh, one of the best things I did, and you know, a funny story that actually not even a funny story, like something that kind of shows like the type of person like Ricardo was, man. Like he, we were communicating when I was deployed. We were communicating via Facebook, and he's like, "Hey, man, like when are you gonna come back?" and and as soon as we got a date that I was going to be back in the Dota, like, this dude went out and, like, threw, like, the biggest, like, welcome home party, man. Like, he he read the uh, party bus. We had it out in somebody's, like, you know, Mendota cornfield. We had somebody's, like, property out in the farm, and we just had a big-ass party. And it was a good time. We pre-gamed there, got on the party bus, and went to the Illinois Valley, and... That was all by Ricardo. Even my buddies still to this day, they're like, dude, your brother did an awesome, like, welcome home party. I'm like, yeah, he did. That sounds like the Ricardo that I know and love. He was definitely a fun, have fun, let's enjoy you coming back, that kind of guy. That's who he was. Yeah, exactly, man. No, and, and like, he never once, like, he, never, he, just, he just asked me, all right, when are you coming home? And he took care of everything else, and posted on my Facebook like he was always the, the, the funny guy in the family and always knew how to have fun and you know even serious situation he made the best of it I'm sure you have tons of memories and you know thoughts about him that you're going to hold on to forever yeah man absolutely it was funny because I was actually going through some old photos that I had forgotten that he had come to see me when I was stationed in Fort Campbell and I was showing him around all the helicopters and all the like the anti-aircraft guns and everything, and we uh, we had taken a picture together. I was just like, and I found that and I was like, dude, I I'm, love that picture. I'm gonna go ahead and frame that, hang it up, you know, here. Yeah, man, so many memories, and you know, going to going to Cubs game versus Yankees. That was another fun one. Yeah, he had a good time at Wrigley, and the Yankees were playing and. Yeah, that's what, if you know anything about Ricardo, he loves the Yankees, loves golf, but number one thing, he was a Yankees fan, you know, diehard. And I never understood it. I'm like, dude, we are in the middle of the country in Illinois. We are nowhere near the Yankees. Why are you a Yankees fan? We had this conversation all the time. Exactly. I never understood. I'm like, dude, you got to pick, like, somewhere, a team close by. He's like, no, bro, Yankees, that's my team. That's my team, and he, you know, that was his nickname. His nickname was the Bronx Bomber, so, like, that's a story. Uh, it was last year. He's like, bro, I'm, I'm finally going to go to New York. I'm going to go watch a Yankees game. Like, you know, he, he's traveled, but not, like, too far. He was mostly in the state of Illinois, so he, he hit me up. He's like, hey, bro, like, like, what would you recommend? Like, you know, where should I fly into? What hotel? And I told him, like, yeah, bro, like, honestly, you don't need to rent a car. You're in New York fly to the airport, take an Uber to your hotel, and then from there, you're, you'll be good, man. And I remember him hitting me up. He's like, dude, yeah, this is awesome, man. Like, he had so much fun that trip. Who did he go with? Did he go by himself? Yeah, he went solo, 
bro. It was the first trip solo, because usually, you know, he finds a couple buddies, or he's with somebody, and, and they're like, yeah, hey, yeah, we're going to go there. But that was his first solo trip, so he was kind of like, you know, kind of a little nervous. You know, he, he didn't want to say it, but he was a little nervous to kind of, you know, fly solo and, you know, do the whole trip by himself. I'm like, dude, solo trips are where, where it's at, man. Like, you just go somewhere, you don't have to worry about anybody else, you just do what you want to do. I remember him, like, calling me, he's like, bro, that was, that was awesome, like, thanks for this, man, like, I'm gonna go back to Yankee Stadium, you know, next year, and then, of course, you know, COVID hit, so. I'm really glad he got to go to New York and go to a game, like, that makes me happy that he got to do that. Yeah, no, for real, man, and, like, going through his stuff, um, I was going through his room, trying to kind of sort things out, make it easier for my folks, I found a bag that he had bought at Yankee Stadium, it was, you know, just like a little, like, you know, one of those reusable bags, but he kept it. And then he had a, a helmet from, like, the nachos that you buy, and it's got the, you know, the baseball helmet full of nachos and cheese, but he kept it, cleaned it. So I found that, I, I'm going to go ahead and keep that. I'm going to find somewhere to put it over here. That's awesome. I'm glad that he, you know, cleaned it and didn't keep the nachos in there. That's good. <laughs> Right? No, well, hey, man, if you know Rick, man, sometimes he uh, he takes a sweet time, so it, it was kind of surprising he did clean it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, so I talked to my cousin, one of my good cousins. She, she was very close to Rick as well, and we said, you know, as soon as COVID's over, we're going to go to Yankee Stadium, you know, in memory of Ricardo, and, you know, take a picture and, you know, find a, a way to kind of honor him out there. Definitely. What's your cousin's name? Uh, her name's Angelica. Yeah, she uh, she's not from Adona. She's from uh, Monmouth, but she lives in the city now. But, you know, we've always been super close. That's a good family bonding, you know, remembering a, a loved one who loved the Yankees. That sounds like a good trip that you guys should do annually. Yeah, exactly, man. No, that's, I'm down, man. It's, there's nothing better than, you know, watching a, a game live, and especially, a, you know, a historic team like the Yankees and, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a Yankees fan, I can't stand the Yankees, but for Ricardo, I will go. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you got to be thankful that that was his favorite team and not like the Minnesota Twins or the Cleveland Indians or, you know, a team that you're just like, okay, it's not even that cool of a place to go. Who wants to go to Cleveland? Much rather go to New York, see the Yankees, that's got to, you know, at least he did something for you. Exactly. I'm like, hey man, at least you picked like a solid franchise, I'll give you that. My fondest memory of Ricky, so, man, this had to have been 2007 or 8. I came back for a break when I was in college and ran into him somewhere. And we're like, hey, man, let's meet up. So it was him and me and a couple other buddies. And somebody put on a song. And I can't remember what it was. I want to say it was like Cameron or 50 Cent. It was like their heyday. And oh, God. Yeah. So me and Ricardo started like freestyle rapping. And at first, like other people were getting into it and it was cool. We're all having fun. And then six hours later, me and Ricardo are still, still going at it back and forth. It was hilarious because everybody else started to get mad and leave. And like, why won't you guys shut up and started throwing stuff at me and Ricardo? And me and Ricardo are just smiling at each other and just kept rapping. Yeah, that sounds like Rick, dude. Absolutely. It was fantastic. I don't even know if we were any good. I'm going to say no. Maybe he was. I probably wasn't. But it was 
a lot of fun, and I'll never forget that story. Oh, man. And, and, and I'm telling you, dude, like, one of his friends from his younger days, I, you know, reached out to me and mentioned the story, and I was like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about that story. Like, man, like, until, you know, it's just funny. Like I said, certain people have these stories, and they're going to remember them. That makes me happy, because like I said, it, it, it shows the impact that he had on so many people's lives. Yeah, and there was a lot of people that I've talked to in the last couple weeks that, A, I didn't know, knew him like they did, and I have not heard anybody say, like, he was in a bad mood, or, you know, he never looked happy. Everybody was like, he always had a smile on his face, he always greeted you like you were his best friend, even though you might have not have talked to him for two years, or whatever. Like, he was just that fun-loving dude that was going to say hello and try to make you smile while he's smiling. Right, exactly, man, exactly. That, that, that was, you know, that's Ricardo to a T right there. Oh, man. It's just, you know, it's so, so crazy. I and mean, it's just been two, just over two weeks and haven't really had time to fully process it. I was helping my folks try to take care of most of it because it's been super hard for them. Now that I'm back here in North Carolina, it, you know, I think I'll finally have that time to process it and really, um, you know, reflect on it, but... You know, the memories, the memories are what's going to help me kind of give me a laugh and, and smile when, you know, when I, I start to kind of really miss them. Definitely, man. Definitely. Definitely. My thoughts are with you and your family and everybody that was really close to Ricardo Sarabia. Just a, like I said, I've said it seven times since we started talking. Just a great dude. And when I found out what had happened or what was happening, actually, my heart hurt. Like, because he was such a good dude and always fun to talk with. I don't have any bad memories of Ricardo at all or anything that I've been like, man, I never thought of him as a friend or n nothing like that. Ever since I met the dude, day one, always cool, always had good vibes, and it always hurts your heart when somebody like that passes away. So my thoughts and prayers and everything to you and your family. Yeah, thank you. I, I really do appreciate that, man. Like, honestly, if it wasn't for everybody, like, the support we received from everybody, we'd be in a really tough situation. Seeing all the messages, all the support, we set up a GoFundMe, we made our our goal in less than 24 hours, we reached our goal, and we were blown away. We couldn't believe it. We had a $10,000 goal, and we, were, we met our goal in less than 24 hours. We were blown away by all the support that we received. But that just goes to show you, like, who Ricardo was and who he meant to other people because everybody was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, we'll send you our, our thoughts and prayers and we'll support you. Here's some donation, like, to help, you know, originally we created it to help with his medical bills, but, you know, we used that to cover his funeral costs and then we're also going to use to cover um, once winter's over, we can get a, a headstone for him as well. So, um, so it's just a big shout out and a huge thank you to everybody completely blown away. And my, my parents were like crying because all the support they received and people were stopping by the house that they didn't know, I didn't know, but Ricardo knew them and they were still stopping by to, you know, express their sympathies and I was just completely blown away, man. So thank you to everybody. Before we let you go, we got to play a game, man. Every guest on Edge of Your Seat Podcast has to. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, you're going to put me on the spot or what? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, that's what we do here. <laughs> no, let's, <laughs> let's play a game of now and then. 
So Ricky's favorite team was the New York Yankees. Your favorite team, however, is from Chicago. That's right. The good team from Chicago. Not, not, the, not the south side. I'm talking about the north side. The Chicago Cubs. Oh, now you got to throw dirt on the White Sox? <laughs> I have to because they're going to be really good this year. And the, the Cubs are going to be good, so I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better get your jabs in now because the White Sox are actually going to do it on the field. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's play a game of now and then. So who are your favorite Cubbies of all time and that are currently on the roster now? Oh, man. I'd say all time. I'm going to go with Rod Beck. If anybody remembers Rod Beck, he was a closer. He had a mustache. Like, you think of baseball in, like, the 90s, that's Rod Beck. That's my guy. And, of course, Mark Grace. You know, I love him as well. And that was the first pair I remember watching. them. I'm like, man, this guy's really good. Kind of what drew me to the Cubs. I'm going to throw an oddball for another uh, back then. Todd Walker. Anybody remember Todd Walker? Dude was, uh, he was all right, honestly, but I had like, that was like, that was my boy. I had even bought a Todd Walker jersey. I remember going to a Cubs game, and I kid you not, man, you can ask uh, Matt Bradner, Kurt Strimmel, uh Dominic Chandler. We all went to this Cubs game, and Todd Walker came in to pinch hit. I was in the, in, the, in the bleachers, and I said, Todd Walker's going to hit a home run. I'm telling you, he's going to hit a home run. So many people were giving me crap in the bleachers. What's he do? He hits a home run, and everybody starts celebrating. I'm like, I told you, Todd Walker, that's my boy. <laughs> that's awesome. I, now I got to go with my, my boy, Ian Happ, man. I'm a huge uh, Ian Happ fan, and he's got a podcast as well, which, you know, I, I like to listen in from time to time, and big uh, Anthony Rizzo fan as well. Okay, okay. Obviously, Anthony Rizzo has been mentioned on this show. Big name, great player. The other four guys that you mentioned, so Ian Happ, Mark Grace, Rob Beck, and Todd Walker, nobody's ever said them. Not even Mark Grace, which really surprises me. Wow, yeah, that surprises me. I mean, Mark Grace is one of the best first basemen. Like, come on now. You throw in Ryan Sandberg, though, he's pretty much the winner most of the times. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I thought I threw in a couple guys that, you know, not everybody would say. But, you know, yeah, I mean, to me, those are my old-school favorite players back then. For sure, man. For sure. Well, Ivan, I want to thank you for sharing stories of Ricardo and sharing your grief and love and support and thankfulness and all those emotions that, you know, are running through you right now just lost a loved one a very very dear member of your family and obviously means a lot to you being your brother thank you for sharing all that and joining edge of your seat podcast my man brandon i appreciate it man and uh you know once this whole covid thing calms down and um and i'm back in the area let's let's catch up for for real in person to have yourself a, a beer ricardo's man got to do a lot of cheersing for sure absolutely hey brother i appreciate it thanks for having me on man this special edition of Edge of Your Seat Podcast is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. After an absolutely miserable 2020 in every sense of the term, Mendota Shimmer Ford wants to keep 2021 as awesome as possible with style, comfort, and great deals. Stop by and see the 
massive collection of vehicles that is out there in Mendota Shimmer Ford, including the Ford Escapes. They're redesigned. There's great bargains, great deals, and you will be satisfied riding around in style in a new Ford Escape. The Ford Escape is just one option at Shimmer Mendota Ford as it has a huge selection of new and used vehicles on the lot and even more on the website www.mendotaford.com. Whether you shop online or at Shimmer Mendota Ford located just south of Mendota on Highway 251, manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranic, will use their expertise and understanding of the vehicle you're looking for to help you roll through 2021 just the way you want. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries at Shimmer Mendota Ford. I was just thinking about laundry, you know? Super Bowl's coming up on Sunday, and even though the Bears are not in it, I'm going to rock a Bears hoodie and rock Bears stuff all during the day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and work is allowing it too, so why not? Had a guest that I had to talk to today, and we started talking about laundry, and he told me a crazy awesome story, and we're going to start with that, and I am talking about my friend and fellow mutual friend of Ricardo Sarabia, who, this is... This is his show. This is about him, and we're going to start a story with his family at a laundromat with Tyler Nyman. Tyler, break it down about the laundromat. All right. So you and me were talking, you know, when, when you don't have a washer and dryer in your house, you know, being guys, we kind of put it off until we're out of everything. You know, underwear is the last thing that goes. Back when I was living above Marceloni's, I had exhausted all my clothes and I was down to my last pair of boxers so I go to the laundromat I fill up four washers and dryers you know everything's washed and it takes forever now I gotta take everything out to fold it and Ricardo's mom is there and she helps me fold every single piece of laundry I have folds my boxers for me all my socks she's got these big giant Mexican blankets going in the washer in there I'm just like Man, this is the nicest my laundry has ever been folded in my life. But I probably was at Ricardo's house that night telling him about it. That is a great story. We had to start this conversation off with that. Ricardo's mom comes in, the hero of the day at the laundromat, and folds your laundry. Every bit of it. Did that make you feel weird? You got your best friend's mom folding your laundry. <sighs> I was happy for the help, honestly. I know I hate folding laundry, so I, I can see that. Yeah, I would just wad it up usually half the time re-iron everything at the end for sure like i said this is for ricardo kind of like a tribute show because he is a friend of a lot of people including you and i said best friend you guys were pretty tight yeah i would say i mean as we get older you know you only have a handful of like childhood friends that you keep around in your life because i mean everybody goes off and does their own thing but Rick was definitely one of the last few that I had that were like from way in the beginning till the end, you know. And he passed away at 33. Rest in peace, Ricky. How old are you? I just turned 31, I think. Yeah. So he's a couple years older than you. You know, one year in, one year in school older, but, you know, depending on how the year fell, we were either one or two apart. Right, because he just turned 33 in November. Uh-huh. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. So you said from the beginning, when did you guys meet? Probably way back in Lincoln School. 
did you go to school, uh, grade school here in Mendota? I did not. I did not move here until I was 12 or 13. Okay, so, so back in the day, it was like Northbrook, Blackstone, and Lincoln. It was all grades one or kindergarten through fifth grade there. And based on where you lived in the area, that's what school you went to. So everybody in the neighborhood went to Lincoln School, where I was at. And Ricardo lived right there on the corner of Lincoln School, so it was like, known him probably since like way in the beginning, you know. But we, we didn't really start talking that much until about Marshalloni's time. Good old Marshies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, man, a long time ago, like 2003 maybe. That's a long time ago, man. Doesn't seem like it, but it is. Yeah, for sure. You say Marshies, obviously we're talking about the pizza empire in Mendota, and I guess now Peru, Marshalloni's. I mean, if you're from Mendota, that's all you ate in high school. Like, that's all you ate. Oh, yeah. Number one's chicken, chicken roll, cheese nugget, give me some mild sauce. And it was like $5. I think it's 6 now, something like that, but still relatively oh, cheap. Yeah. Cheaper than a China House kids meal or something, no. <laughs> for I, sure. I was trying to come up with something good there. For sure. I used to get it for lunch at least once a week. I would take my lunch money and pretty much just save it for one day. So I'd eat like one celery stick Monday through Thursday, and then on Friday I'm getting Marshallonis. You remember way back in the day, there used to be a dude in there selling Pokemon cards at like 10 a.m. when they opened or something like that. And it was every like once of the weekend, he was in there selling Pokemon cards and all sorts of stuff. I had bought some of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think if you were a kid at that time, everybody bought a Pokemon card from him. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were something now, but I can't seem to find all my, my holographic Charizards or whatever I think I have, you know. Big Daddy cards, the ones that you take, like, hey, this is what's up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you and Ricardo worked there together for quite a long time, right? Rick was always in and out doing his own thing. Like, but when I first started, Ricardo was there. And then when I ended up not working there anymore, Ricardo was there. So it was like from the beginning to the end, you know. For sure, for sure. I know you have plenty of Marshy stories working with him. I'm going to share one. And not even, it's kind of like a vague, broad story, but I worked at Pizza Hut at the time while you guys worked at Marshalloni's. I remember that. So, yeah, we were both slinging pizzas together at the same time. Yep, definitely. And when Rick would go on a delivery, I'd hop in the car. When I would take a couple Pizza Hut deliveries, he'd hop in the car, and we would cruise Mendota, both on the clock, and maybe delivering pizzas at the same time? Maybe not, but that was fun. Oh, man, I, I could only imagine. I, I wish I had done that, too. That'd, that'd be kind of funny to just grab my bags and throw them in the car. I'm like, all right, we're taking six deliveries, not three. <laughs> right, that's kind of what we did. I remember one time we took four. I don't know if we quite got to six, but he had two and I had two. And we just cruised around in the same car. And it was almost like every other. One Marshy's, one Pizza Hut, one Marshy's, then Pizza Hut. And we were just delivering together. That's funny. But we need to hear some Marshy stories. I know you got some funny ones with Ricky and yourself at Marshy's. A lot. I know one, one time we, uh, Junior Korea, so he was the manager. He had the keys to the shop. You know, one night we were all working. We're about to get off work, and then we decide we're going to have a, a little party in the basement of Marshy's and have some beer pong down there. Me and Junior clocked out, and then Ricardo shows up. Junior opens the door back up. We take, like, a, a piece of plywood down to the basement. 
next thing you know there's like 15 20 of us playing playing beer pong down there got the oven running making chicken rolls i was like man if bobby ever found out about this we'd all be gone but instead you all stayed and probably did it again oh yeah after me and junior moved in upstairs it was i don't know we had We'd go turn the oven on about two in the morning, you know, make some make some stuff that's not on the menu. Did you guys ever make some stuff that wasn't on the menu and then it became menu food? Honestly, never. The, the menu never changed, like, ever from the beginning. I don't know what we would do. Buffalo chicken pizza, stuff like that, you know. Sometimes we'd make the hot wings, like, extra good just for us. And then other people would be like, you know what, why don't you throw some of them? Throw, throw the sauce on there for me, you know. Make it how you made it that other night. That mild sauce is money at Shaloni's. It's good on everything. You know what You know what it is? What is it? It's Chipotle mayonnaise. That's what it is? That's, that's, a, what, that's, a, that's exactly what mild sauce is. Chipotle mayonnaise, that's the, yep. that's the secret. Mm-hmm. You find some of that, you got yourself a, like a tub of mild sauce, and you don't even know it. So that was like a Mendota, Illinois Valley exclusive. So it felt, you know, I swear people would drink that mild sauce. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, is okay, I move here, I don't know, somewhere in that 11 to 13 range. I don't know how long I've been in the area, but I've been here for a while. Anyway, I did not know about mild sauce until probably like three years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. What kind of sauce would you order with your Marcelonis? Barbecue or what, or whatever came with it. Usually ranch barbecue oh, yeah, and yeah. The marinara with the with the number one. That was the three go tos. I remember delivering to you by uh by the old high school you lived that that house that white house on the left. <laughs> yep, that's exactly yeah. where I lived. Mm-hmm. I remember you always tip well too. So I was like, I, I always delivered my pizzas in order from highest tipper to lowest tipper. So was I at the top? Oh oh yeah, I'd be like uh all right, this one goes on the top, and I'm going to make my rounds to where I need to go after this one, you know? I love it. That makes me feel good that I was towards the top of the list there. All right, hey, you worked at pizza. You know, you knew the game, you know? Yeah, I feel like if you're in the service industry, whether it's delivery, bartending, waitressing, you know what a good tip is and what isn't, and you're going to do that because you want other people to do that for you. Exactly. I'm like, even now when like I get pizza delivered or anything like that, like, I'll be talking to these dudes at the door, like, yeah, man, I, I delivered pizzas a long time, too, you know, I know exactly what you're calling. I'll just start ranting, you know, people leave you out there in the rain while it's pouring for, like, two minutes and then give you, like, 50 cents. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, keep the rest. Yeah, or you get stuck in their driveway because of snow and ice and it's, like, a dollar. You're like, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? You know, you know a funny story? So one time, there's these, these people in Mendota. I don't want to say who they are, but they live on, like, uh, Cherry Street, I think it was. You know, right past Division. These people did not tip at all. And always ordered, like, the weirdest stuff at, like, the worst hour, you know. And so I was delivering one night, and I'm pretty sure it was, like, Ricardo and Jose that were working with me that night. And so they didn't tip me, ended my, ended my night, like, all pissed off. I'm like, you know what, let's go out to uh, out-of-town BP, you know, the truck stop. And I bought I bought a nice flare out there. One of those ones you spark at the cap with, with the spark on it and then just burn forever. And so then I go back to these people's house and I light this flare and stick it in their front yard. You know, I'm like, this is the, the sign for no tippers. And then we took off. <laughs> that is fantastic. 
That is fantastic. I'm glad I never got the flare. Oh, yeah. That was only only a one-time thing. Those flares, you know, you can't do it to everybody who doesn't typically that up quick. Yeah, because I'm sure they're not cheap. You know, I couldn't tell you the price offhand, but I might get one and put it on, like, Rick's grave or something for, for honor. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. One of the first times that I interacted, or at least one of the first times I remember interacting with you in kind of like a more than just a hey delivery for each other person and run into each other in hallways or something like that is actually at your apartment you're in junior's apartment above marshy's playing poker and ricky is the one that actually brought me over and had me playing poker with you guys i believe it ricardo's got he's friends with everybody in the world ricardo i remember he was always uh he'd always go in on all in on like the worst hands ever like eight three off suit and then somehow he would like win it at the end i'm like rick you have no business winning any poker games at all playing these hands and so uh junior was saying you know after after rick passed away so junior plays a lot of poker still and he was saying that he was playing somewhere and he got you know two seven and eight three or something like that and so he's like you know what i'm gonna go all in for uh rick's honor for like in rick's memory here and he ends up catching, like, full houses and three of a kind and winning the hand. He's like, man, I felt like Rick was with me there. Oh, you know he was. He was looking down like, hey, I want to help you out, brother. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm sure you came over probably a Sunday night. It was every every Sunday for, like, years and years and years. Yeah, I was over there quite a few times. I remember one time it was, like, a, a mini house party, which was awesome. And they were actually pretty much always like that. Yeah. Even if they weren't playing poker, there would be like 10 people playing poker and then like another 10 people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely got all my partying phase out in the above Marshalloni's life. <laughs> and that's the time to do it. I mean, I was playing with you guys in a break from college after uh, Doug passed away. Rest in peace, Doug Wagner. My best friend growing up, he had passed away, so I dropped out of school for a couple years. And it was in that time frame when all that was going on so i came and played poker with you guys and stuff like that so yeah man that was a lot of fun and a good time for both of us to get that out of our system oh yeah definitely outside of shaloni's outside of playing poker what are some other fond memories or when you first think of ricky what are some things that come to your mind i was thinking uh like what, what was the actual first like memory i have of ricardo and so it was in little league baseball way back in the day it was just a practice, and he, we were on the same team. I forget what team it was, but, like, the dark blue team or whatever it was. But And so we're, we're just doing batting practice. And, you know, if you ever played baseball, you know, like, there's a guy that catches the balls that the, the fielders field. And so that was me at the moment. So the person would hit, you know, and then they'd throw it into me, and then I'd give it back to the coach to hit another one. And so then on your last hit, the batter got to run the bases. Ricardo's up, he gets on base, and he's running the bases, he's on third base, and then the next person gets up, you know, he hits like a ground out or something, and they throw it back into me, well, here's Rick, like, charging home base and, like, plows me over. Ricardo was like, I had to be at least 175 pounds, and I'm like, 75 pounds maybe, just plows me over for no, I'm like, for no reason at all. That is my first memory of Ricardo, like, just plow me over for no reason at all. I probably didn't like him at the beginning. And I would understand why. He's 
for the most part, was always a bigger dude. But then, I don't know the year-wise, but then he started working out, eating right, and he got in great shape for a minute. He was a fanatic at whatever he was doing at the moment. So if he got into working out, he was like working out seven days a week, like two hours a day. Just anything. If he got into golf, he was just going crazy. All he did was golf. He dressed like a golfer. That's all he did. But he would blow up and then get skinny. And then, you know, at the very end there, he had blown up again. I was always thinking, I'm like, if this dude makes it out of the hospital, he's like such a fanatic that he's going to be getting into working out so hardcore again. He's going to be like healthier than everybody else around. But it didn't turn out that way, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I know it's been a little while. He passed away almost a month ago, January 9th. I mean, when you initially heard what was going on and that, you know, he was sick and, you know, really wasn't looking good for him. What was initially going through your mind? We always play Call of Duty. Like, that was our, our latest thing, you know, during this whole COVID everything. So every night, about like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, we'd all be on, on Warzone playing. Toward the end there... We noticed he hadn't been online in like a while. And like every time we played, we'd be like, what's up with Rick? Where's he at? You know, I was like, I think he's talking to some chick or something. And so we all thought that because every now and again, Ricardo start talking to somebody and then they just kind of disappear for a bit. You know, I heard from my mom that Rick was in the hospital. So then I, I ended up texting him. He didn't, he texted me back and then I called him and I talked to him when he was in uh, Rockford and I asked him, I'm like, what's up, Rick? Where you been? You know, he's like, yep, I'm here in the hospital. I'm like, how you feeling? You know, what's going on? He's like, he kind of told me the whole story. You know, he's like, well, I got like pneumonia, I guess. And then finally, when I couldn't breathe, I like went to the doctor or I went to the ER. He's like, there was no ambulances available. So they ended up life flighting me to Rockford. So I asked him, I'm like, well, were you scared? You know, like, what was it like being on the helicopter? Were you awake? He's like, oh, yeah, I was awake. He's like, it was pretty cool. The whole time he's like eating eating some sort of ice chips they got over there. And he's like, I'll tell you what, this hospital's got, got some good-ass ice chips, though. I'm like, man, I, everyone thinks you're dying. He's like, no, I'm not dying. He's like, since they drained my lung, he's like, I feel a lot better. I'm like, so when are you going to get out of there? He was telling me, he's like, hopefully tomorrow. He's like, if I, get, if I can walk on my own tomorrow, I think I get to go home. I'm like, good, dude. I thought you were dying over there, you know? He's like, no, I'm not dying. How long... Was that before he actually did pass away? It was probably maybe like a week and a half later that he passed away. My wife works at OSF, so she's like, oh, yeah, you can send, you can send little letters over there. So I sent him a letter, and it was just like, quit screwing around over there, you know, and uh, so we can get some Call of Duty going. And then he sent me a picture when he got that. He sent me a picture of it. He's like, thanks, bro. And then it was like, after that, I never heard from him again. Just getting worse, and then I saw the... The next update I got was when Ivan did that GoFundMe thing. That kind of sold me on GoFundMe, for sure. I was like, right away, I'm like, oh, yeah, donate. And then the next day I look at it, it's like 16 grand on there. I'm like, all right, GoFundMe has a, uh, a good cause going, I'd say. This community comes together and bonds and finds a way to help each other. Even there might be differences. There might be, you know, people you don't even talk to or don't even really know. Just helping out because that's the thing to do in a community like this. I like the little Mendota community you have because it's like everybody knows everybody somehow, you know, even if you don't know them directly. It's like, well, I know somebody who knows you real well. And that's like, I don't know. It was just cool to see that so much money could be raised so fast and it just kind of shows how loved people are. 
even if they don't, you know, you don't talk to everybody all the time, but if something crazy like that happens, like, yeah, someone will throw in 50 bucks, 25, 100 bucks here and there, you know. It is a crazy, unfortunate, sad thing because you don't ever want to have to give money to a family because they lost a loved one. But at the same time, it is amazing and so fantastic to have people, just not even people, a whole community, a whole neighborhood, a whole Illinois Valley. Like, it's not just Mendota people. It's LaSalle and Putnam County and Byron and Burrow Valley and all over the place, Spring Valley. You know everybody from everywhere, you know? Like you say, the Illinois Valley, it's kind of like... Eventually, you, you branch out, you get to know everybody from everywhere, and Ricardo made an impact on a lot of people. Like, if you met Ricardo one time, you probably remember meeting him, because he's like, I don't know, he's just such a nice character, you know, so funny, make you laugh, for sure. And of everybody that I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of people about Ricardo, because like you said, he knows a lot of people, we all know a lot of people, mutual friends, I have not heard one bad word about him to people. Never lost his cool, never got mad. As being his best friend and somebody that was always around him, is that true? I saw Ricardo get in a fight at uh, Troy Grove Gym one time. We, we wanted to play basketball over there. And it was uh, Grant Saylor. You know Grant Saylor? I do. Yeah, Grant's a good guy. I love Grant. Grant's a good guy. So we're, we play basketball over there. I forget what days. It was randomly all the time, but we're uh, playing basketball over there and things are getting a little chippy between Ricardo and Grant. And then, you know, just foul, you know, titty-tat foul or whatever after after one, after the other. And then they, like, boiled down and they're, like, confronting each other. Ricardo and Grant are kind of squaring off. And, and Grant just, just punches him, boom, right in the eye. You know, wobbles Ricardo. But Ricardo, like, this is back when he was, in, like, practicing MMA all the time. And so Ricardo composed himself in there. We were like, no, no, don't break it up, you know, let him get it, get him back or see how it goes, you know, at least for a little bit. Ricardo takes a few swings and uh, just takes him down. He's he's full mounted on Grant and Grant's got Rick's arms. And so Rick just like, ah, so mad, starts headbutting him. Bam, bam. Ricardo, I don't know if you know, he had a scar on like his eyebrow up kind of toward his forehead. Yeah, headbutting Grant and then busted his own forehead like pretty bad you know it would have needed stitches had he went to the doctor he's bleeding all over grant grant's like all right you win you win you know bleeding in his eyes like oh get him off me but that was one time i saw rick lose his cool that was pretty memorable i don't know it's just just a funny story you know well thank you for sharing that because like i said i have not heard anything about him losing his cool or getting mad about anything always had a bright smile on his face and even doing this it sounds like you know, he wasn't trying to be mean, didn't want to fight, but he's like, hey, you came at me, bro. No, no, no. no. At, the, at the end of the day, Ricardo was always a nice guy, you know, but everybody comes to a boiling point at some point for something, you know. I definitely had seen Ricardo, like, snap on people. Totally overdue for being snapped upon, but, yeah, for the most part, Rick, Rick was a totally nice guy, you know. Always easygoing, funny guy. It's just funny that, you know, I don't know how many memories I have with this dude. Thousands, you know. I've seen this dude do just every everything in the entire spectrum, you know. Me and you could have this conversation for probably three hours if I wanted to. If you want to do the editing, we can do three hours. Dude, we could go we could go crazy. I got all sorts of stories that are like hilarious. 
you want to hear another funny story? I do, I do. We're all, all right. about telling stories here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. All right, so this, this involves drugs, you know, mushrooms, all right? So I was living still at my mom's house back then. So this is a long time ago. Ricardo calls me. My mom's out of town. We're like having parties at my mom's house or something. And then Ricardo calls me at like five in the morning. And, and I decline his call. He calls me again. I decline it again. And he calls me again. And I'm like, all right, if this dude's calling me three times in a row at five in the morning, something's going on. So I answer it. I'm like, all right, hello, Rick. What's going on? He's like, I'm in your driveway. He like, can't stop like laughing and crying. So I go outside, he's in my driveway and it's 300. He's like, starts, looks at me, starts busting up laughing. And then he starts crying. I'm like, what is going on? He's like, I, I eat a bunch of mushrooms, dude. I'm like, oh my God, Rick. I'm like, come, come inside, you know, let's see. But this, this dude is just tripping out the whole time. My dog, he's like a schnauzer, you know, with eye boogers that dogs get. And he's like, and the ears are pointy. Anytime my dog looked at him, he would like freak out. Your dog's the devil. Like, got to get this away from me, you know. Later on, he asked me, he's like, give me a, something to drink, you know. I took him to the garage because I'm like, I don't know what this dude's going to do. He's going to mess something up at my mom's house. And so I take him out to the garage. I give him a soda. And like, I don't know what I said, but something that like just made him laugh. And he takes this soda and just like, like spikes it into the ground like a football in an end zone soda everywhere i'm like rick what are you doing this is my mom's garage you're throwing soda everywhere he's like i'm so sorry i just had to like maintain my laughter otherwise it probably would have drowned you out as you were speaking that is hilarious what i do love about ricky and there was a lot of things to love but he just wanted to live life totally and on and on his time you know if if you knew ricardo really well this dude made you wait for everything like if Ricardo said he's outside your house, like, yeah, yeah, bring him outside your house, come out. All right, that means he's not going to be there for, like, 15 to 20 minutes still. So many times I'd be at my mom's house and he'd be like, all right, I'm going to pick you up. He's like, come outside right now. So I go outside, I have to sneak out of my mom's house. All right, this dude wouldn't come for 30 more minutes. And then he's like, all right, you got to ride in the back with the subs, you know. I'm like, what? He's late, and then he makes you ride with the subs. Yeah, basically. Uh, that's awesome. I know you're going to miss Ricky. I miss Ricky. A lot of people miss Ricky. What are, you know, a few words when you think of Ricky that, you know, always are going to pop in your mind? You know, like uh, electronic dance music or the bass drops, you know, and you start fist pumping. That'll always kind of remind me of Ricardo. He'd always be doing the, the upward fist pump. He'd say whatever the bass dropped on something. He, he got all into... Uh, electronic music and that's all we listened to for a while but but words what would ricardo i don't know we we were in mexico for my wedding and ricardo got there we, we went to cancun and ricardo flew in got there i'm like all right we're having uh we have reservations at this restaurant in, in the uh, resort come come to the restaurant and so we're there and first thing they ask you when you're checking in for the party you know they're like oh do you have any foodborne foodborne allergies you know Ricardo just got, got off the plane, you know, they probably gave him some Coronas on the way or something. He's like, I'm like, do you have any food board allergies, sir? He's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, they're like, oh my gosh, what, what do you have, you know? So I'm allergic to weak-ass people. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he goes inside. 
Like, all right, I think you'll be all right, sir. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, he's like, oh, where's the weak-ass people? Like, oh, we, they didn't expect that, you know? Like, oh, my gosh. We thought you were allergic to shellfish. That's this is this is all right. We can we can manage this. <laughs> yeah, we can keep the weak ass people away. Oh yeah. Oh, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. Awesome. Should I name more stuff that Ricardo reminds me of or what? Of course. Keep going. Anything New York Yankees? For sure. This dude. I'm like, what are you a Yankees fan for, dude? You you never even been to New York. Ricardo ended up going to New York by himself one time. Just so he could have gone to New York. It's like, yep, going to see a Yankees game, went by himself. Like, no, no one will go with me, screw it, I'm going to go. Ivan shared this story with us. And that's incredible. He's like, hey, I'm going. Whether you're coming with me or not, I'm out. And he went. That's amazing. I don't know why he was a Yankees fan, but he just wanted to be a fan of whatever is going to piss you off the most about it, you know? Like, man, we're Cubs fans, you know, Cubs? He's like, no, I'm Yankees. Like, for no reason, Rick. <laughs> it's the pinstripes, man. I guess so. I read something in a book or something that was like, oh, you know, if you buy your friend a nice gift, you know, they'll they'll like you a lot more, you know? So I bought him these, uh, these little stickers that go on the back of your PlayStation controller, you know, the white in the back. So it was like New York Yankees and like Bronx Bomber sit on the back. And then his, uh, his gamer tag ended up being Brock's Bombers. I am rocking one of the bracelets that Ippolito Salinas had, and it says Bronx Bomber on it for him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I got one on right now myself, too. On the inside, it's got his date of birth, too. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, Ippolito showed me that, and I was like, that's pretty awesome. It's, like, engraved in there. Yeah. You know what I want to do? Rick was all into golf. You know, I want to get him, like, a, like, plant a tree or something at the golf course with, like, a little commemorative plaque or something in front of it you know yeah that dude was always up there <sighs> he got me golfing again just so i could beat him <laughs> and then once, then once i started beating him he's like nah i'm done with this now i can't be getting beat by you every week oh that's fantastic well obviously your stories ivan's stories Martin Diaz is going to speak about Ricky as well. Tons of awesome stories about the man. I know he was a really, really close friend of yours and somebody that you're always going to remember forever. So thank you for sharing some stories of you and Ricardo's history of awesomeness together. Thanks, my man. Oh, yeah, no problem. It was, it was easy. I'm, I'm leaving, a lot, leaving a lot out of the story, probably. It's all right. We can you know, always catch up and do this again. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about you real quick. What are you up to these days? Obviously, Mendota native, went to high school in Mendota, worked at Marshalonis afterwards. What has been going on with you since Marshies? You know, just uh, living life over here. We, I ended up moving to Princeton, so now I live in Princeton, where I know nobody. But my wife's a nurse over in Peoria, so she drives over there a few days a week, and then I do insurance for people on Medicare. And now we got a little baby, you know, and that's just, everything just takes up so much time anymore. And it's like, you grow up fast. So you got a baby, you're married. Um, What's your wife's name? It's Perla. Her, her parents actually own El Zarape there in Mendota. Oh, okay. So I went from eating free marshalonis for 10 years to now free eating free El Zarape for 10 years. And you're still probably like 120 pounds. Oh, oh yeah. 155, all right, right around there. 
<laughs> like a wire, you know? I swear, you could eat whatever you wanted to and you're still gonna be the same size. Yeah. I guess I'm I guess I'm lucky. Extremely, extremely. <laughs> and what is your child's name? Her name's Ruby. She's gonna be two on the sixth of February. So she's she's a maniac basically. <laughs> a maniac? Oh yeah. Definitely. And into everything just as soon as her eyes open till her eyes shut, she just goes, goes, goes. Well, at least you know you're never gonna be bored. No, never. She's tired. <laughs> right? Probably always tired. So you're married, child, insurance. You're sounding like a grown adult, bro. It sounds that way. I don't. I don't feel that way still, but I guess, I guess that's the way it looks, you know. That's how I feel. Coaching basketball, doing a podcast, working at a bank, and I pretty much am just chilling. Still feel like I'm like 25. I know. I always felt like you'd feel like an adult at a certain age or something, but. Uh, you know, as you get older, you just realize, like, all these people who are 75 and 80 years old, they still have no clue what they're doing in life. It's just like, just go with it. They just learn from failing too many times, and, or, you know what I mean? You learn from failing and figure out the right way to do things. Yeah, well said, my friend, but yeah, that's how it goes. Well, every guest on Edge of Your Seat podcast plays a game. You have selected Hot Potato, so I'm going to throw random... Things, people, places, whatever. You pick which one you like the best, and please don't burn your hands. We don't have insurance at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I can help you with that. True. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can insure Edge of Your Seat Podcast on the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by MedUcare Insurance by Tyler Nyman. There we go. Hey, and we got a new advertiser as well. Perfect. Bang, just like that. I like how that flowed. That just worked out right. Well. Yep. Well, then burn your hands because I guess we're insured now. That works too. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Start off with an easy one. Yankees or Cubs? <laughs> we'll go with the uh, Cubs. <laughs> Ricardo. Good, good try, buddy. I had to throw that in for Ricardo. I had to. I know. Hey, hey. You wouldn't expect any different, I don't think. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Call of Duty. Modern Warfare or the new one, is it Cold War? Cold War? Uh, I'm still going with Modern Warfare. Marshallonis or Pizza Hut? Marshies. Marshallonis or Lagrados? Marshies. Marshies or any other type of pizza place? I don't know. You know, I got myself, I'm, I'm starting to second guess my Lagrados one now, but if I can make my own food at Marshies, then Marshies for sure. Hands down, beats everybody. Yeah, as long as I'm making it. Gotcha. Pepperoni or sausage? Pepperoni. Pepperoni or plain cheese? Pepperoni. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. That's a tough one. I know, super tough. Since it is super crazy cold, it has been snowing and icy all day. Winter or summer? Summer. Spring or fall? Rains too much in the springtime, you know. I swear. Baseball, football. Playing or watching? Both. Playing first. Now let's go baseball for playing. Watching. Football. 
I just want to see these guys get destroyed, you know. Blackjack, Texas Hold'em. Hold'em. Texas Hold'em or five-card stud? Hold'em. Is Hold'em your favorite poker game? I don't know. Omaha is pretty good, too. I was going to say that one, but I thought I'd ask anyway. Yeah, yeah, I probably like Omaha better. So, I mean, we might as well make it official. Texas Hold'em or Omaha? Omaha. Place to visit? Omaha, Oklahoma, or anywhere in Texas? I'm going to go anywhere in Texas. Have you been to Texas? No, never have been. (laughs) (laughs) I've probably flown over it, but... I lived there a couple months. It was awesome. You like it? Yeah, I would move back there if things were different when I was there. But, yeah, it, it was cool. What happened over there? Anything bad? Um, had a job deal that didn't go through. I was promised a job. Disappointment. Yeah, oh yeah, tons of disappointment. I had a job offer, I go there, it falls through. Living situations were promised to me one way, I get there, they were different, and it just didn't fit right. I was there for two months, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to where I'm comfortable. I make money here. All the people that I love and care about are here. I'm going to go back here and see if something else happens, then maybe I'll move again, but I'm here for now. So that's what happened. But Texas itself is absolutely amazing. I actually went to a wedding at a bar where they had an electronic bull there. So that's all I did the whole wedding because I didn't know anybody. I just rolled the bull. I've done that once or twice. It's, it's more difficult than it looks. I have high confidence before I get on that thing. Yeah, it is super crazy difficult. At least it was for me anyway. Give me 10 tries on it. I'll get it by number 11. Well, Tyler Nyman, thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, talking about Ricardo Sarabia. Rest in peace, our friend. I know it's difficult talking about the fallen, the deceased, but a guy like Ricardo is still making us smile even though he's not here with us. I appreciate you coming on the show and, you know, sharing with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, it was, a, it was an honor to be one of the few people who get to talk about Ricardo, you know, and just we're, we're all going to die one, one day, you know, and it won't be that long. So we're all going to the same place. He just kind of was the first person early to something in his life, I guess. He is smiling down at you like, yeah, I'll let you have one. Yeah, right. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll meet you here. How about that? Yeah, I'll be the first one one time. Okay. Yeah. All right, my friend. You take care. And anytime you want to come back on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, share some more stories, talk some sports, whatever, you're always welcome. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Tyler Nyman and I were just talking about how Ricardo would be super dedicated to something, and that's all I did. He was a fanatic, extreme, and one of those things was working out. You can do the exact same thing trying to get in the best shape and have fun doing it, right? Because let's face it, it's not easy to get in shape or to stay physically fit. There are factors working against all of us, including time and work schedules, lack of a support system, maybe motivation is low, don't want to be judged or criticized if not supporting a gym rat body, injuries or physical restrictions. However, there is a place where these no's or maybes become yeses. LP CrossFit. LP CrossFit, located at the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails, offers a weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's not one time. It's not one day a week. There are many options and classes only last one hour. A support group? LP CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names 
and support one another during workouts. Motivation, the trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements, including body weight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided or pushed at a productive and comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcomed and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. You want to go hard? It's hello, how are you? Go get at it. You want a more relaxed approach? It's the same thing. Hello, how are you? Go get at it. Injuries and mobility restrictions are a huge priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach-led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook or at lpcrossfit.com. I guess we can take a pause in our off-air conversation about being old and adulting and, man, we are all getting old, I guess, every day. But we ain't going to talk about that no more. We got better things to talk about on Edge of Your Seat Podcast with my friend, mutual friend of Ricky Ricardo Sarabia, who this show is for. Rest in peace, brother. Martin Diaz, what is up, my dude? What's going on, brother? We are getting old, ain't we? Oh, man. Much as we don't want to, we're getting up there. Yeah, we're talking about working out and losing weight, and if you drink too many beers, it's like a loaf of bread, and whew, what are we going to do, though? I don't know, man. Not much we can do, we just keep chugging along. Literally or figuratively, because we were just talking about beer. Both. We'll go both. <laughs> nice, nice. Martin, it is good to talk to you, man. I know we saw each other about a year ago. We talked, we caught up as much as we could. We were kind of in a loud environment, so really couldn't like sit down and really, really catch up. But it's good to have you on Edge of Your Seat Podcast and the chat with us today, my man. Yeah, thanks, brother. Thanks for having me, man. For sure. Anytime you get to talk to a friend who is a friend of a friend, who we all chill together, and we could talk about getting old, I mean, why not have you on the podcast? Hey. So, like I said, this is the tribute show for Ricky Sarabia, and you've known him for quite a long time, right? Yeah, man. Probably I'd say fifth grade, fourth grade. So definitely OGs. Oh, for sure. The original gangsters of Mendota. Hey, some young little kids running around, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. And how old are you? Were you in his class or a little bit younger? I am 32. So you're 32. Ricardo turned 33 in November. So you guys are a couple years younger than me, but knew you real well. And being with dude since fourth or fifth grade, that means there's crazy amounts of stories to tell because it seems like everything he did was worth a story. Oh, for sure. Definitely. It was never a dumb moment around Ricardo, that's for sure. Well, let's start it right there. Let's do this episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast a tad different than others. And we're going to play one of the games that we play with every single guest, but kind of throughout the entirety of our conversation. So we're going to rank them, and we're going to rank some stories with Ricky. So I guess it's kind of like a top five, too. You could call it a top five rank them, whatever you want to call well, we want to hear some amazing, awesome stories of Ricky and his goofiness and his 
big heart and there's so many things that Ivan and I and Tyler Nyman and you and I are going to talk about Ricky that gets this out. So let's start with the game and let's tell some of your favorite Ricky stories. So let's start with let's let's start at the bottom and work our way up to your favorite. So let's start with something that you know you remember him by. Yeah, so I know you mentioned uh, how he had a big heart and just how I remember having a conversation with him and he always mentioned that he was willing to give somebody his jacket or his coat, something off his back if they needed it, right? Well, he, just to show you what kind of person he was, there was a time where I was looking for a job, had nothing coming in, income, so I wasn't really trying to spend too much money and he ended up giving me a, a PlayStation card for to play Call of Duty with him. To me, that just kind of shows you what kind of person he was, right? He didn't ask for anything in return, just said, hey, let's game it up. That'd be one of my top fives. Like I said, I've talked to Ivan, Tyler, and you, every single one of you, and me, like talking about Ricky outside of this podcast, have mentioned Call of Duty. That dude was a Call of Duty mercenary. He could merc. Oh, for sure. I think the last time I talked to Ricky was actually playing Call of Duty, probably like, I want to say about two or three months ago now. But yeah, the dude loved that game. Oh, 100%. It didn't matter what time of day it was, you hit him up, be like, hey, what are you doing? Playing Call of Duty. He'll be like, all right, I'll, I'll be on. I'll be on. What are some other games that he played? We've all mentioned Call of Duty, but did he play anything else? He got into Assassin's Creed. So I think that came out a couple a couple months ago. And he was on that for a little bit. But even with him enjoying that as much, he would still get on Call of Duty. It didn't matter what it was. It always seemed like he turned right back to Call of Duty. I mean, once uh, you know how to kill somebody, why not do it? <laughs> right, when you're good at it. And like he, he always said, his bad tended to hurt when he was playing with us, so he always talked about how he always carried our team, so. <laughs> Last time that I played with him, it was him, me, and Freddie Arteaga, and he definitely carried us. I was god-awful, and Freddie was okay, but Ricky, he was a stud. Oh, 100%. And without a doubt, I mean, if you were to do something that Ricardo didn't agree with, he let you know, that, hey, man, we're not going to win when you play that way. What's another story, a fond memory that you have of Ricky? I mean, just going off off of Call of Duty, I, I think uh, a lot of my memories, I mean, especially since we've been kind of just staying at home recently, are Call, Call of Duty related. So uh, one that, that comes to mind very often is, obviously you play Call of Duty, so anytime you open some type of crate, right, you get your weapons or any type of thing that comes in the game, right, so you get that. And Ricardo was good at running and picking up the things that you opened. And one time it was Nyman and myself we were playing, battling some other guys, and Ricardo needed some plates. He needed to plate up. So me and Nyman ended up just dropping some plates and picking them back up between me and him, and <laughs> Ricardo didn't get any. So he ended up getting mad and put us on mute, put us on timeout. <laughs> so he just muted you on the mic so you couldn't talk to him yeah we couldn't talk to him we couldn't hear him we kept asking hey Rick where you at where you at we got no response did you guys play on PlayStation or Xbox 
PlayStation. I think Nightman might be Xbox, but yeah, PlayStation. But either way, he put you on the Call of Duty timeout chair. Yep. We sat there for a while. Turned you around, put you in the corner, had you put your nose on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no talking. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. What are some other good Call of Duty stories you got here? Oh, I mean, there's <laughs> there's plenty of them. I mean, if you were ever go down, you want to be revived, so you're telling him, hey, Rick, pick me up, pick me up. And he'd be like, hold on, let me try and kill somebody. So he's watching you on his screen completely go out, and he'll just give you the, hey, my bad, man, I'll get you next time. So if, <laughs> if you did something, you got put in the timeout. But if he did something, he'd be like, yeah, my bad, I got you next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a broski move. I would do that to my friends, too. Oh, man. It's either that or you're waiting till the very last second so they think you're not going to pick them up, right? For sure. For sure. It's like, let me go do this, get that, and I'll, I'll get back to you. It'll be all right. <laughs> for sure. You can watch me play for a minute. What are some funny stories that you have of Ricky, you know, outside of Call of Duty? Because the dude was a character. He could make anybody laugh. Oh, I mean, it was just anything and everything. We remember one time we were actually, we're talking about, it was Ricardo, Jose, and myself talking about actually starting a podcast. So instead of just sitting around and just talking, we ended up, having some weird conversations, just random topics. We ended up going going into a topic of currency, which made no sense, and we both made no sense, but we ended up having a debate over something that wasn't real, I guess you'd say. And we talked about this for an hour, 45 minutes. We stayed up till like 3 o'clock in the morning. Talking about nothing, really. Yeah. If you know Ricardo... You know that whatever you said, there's always some type of smart remark coming back your way. Oh, yeah. He was pretty good with one-liners. <laughs> oh, he, he's zinging with them. Oh, yeah. He was a zinger for sure. No doubt about that. Did you ever work at Marshalonis? No, I did not. That's surprising because it seems like everybody worked at Marshalonis. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I didn't work at Marshalonis. So when you're talking about Jose, what Jose are you talking about? Gogina. Perfect. There's a lot of Jose's around here. There is. There's a lot of Brandons, too. I don't know, not that many Martins, though. No. Maybe. You'll find them. They're out there. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if it's not your name, you don't really pay attention as much. Yep. I agree. But if there's, like, one Brandon out of a hundred, I'd be like, man, there's a lot of Brandons here because there's two. Yep. Guess we got those biased opinions about our own names, right? Yeah. I think, I think everybody does, right? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Another thing we know about Ricky, huge Yankees fan. Do you have any stories about debating Yankees with him or any sports stories? Not necessarily debating, but I... <laughs> I remember he ended up taking a trip to go out to New York to watch a game. And I just remember he was at at the hotel and he was talking about going to one of the uh, a bodega, right? I think that's what they're called. It's the little liquor stores. Yeah, something like that. I think that's what they're called. 
Yeah. So he's just talking about how how sketch he was going to one of those bodegas and walking back. So he had me on the phone <laughs> since he left the hotel until he got back. He had you on the phone the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> when he left the hotel to when he got back. <laughs> so he goes to the hotel, gets beer, comes back, and you were on the phone the whole time? Yeah. He's like, all right, all right Marty, I'm going to let you go, man. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Did he at least tell you how it was in New York or what? Yeah, he liked it. He he didn't go for very long. I think he was there for two days. So he definitely said that on his bucket list, he did want to go back to where he was able to spend more time out there. I'm just glad he got to go because he only went like a year ago, right? I think so. And he got to go check out the team that he's loved for pretty much day one. Mm-hmm. Now, are you a Cubs or Sox fan? Not big into into baseball, but I usually tend to watch the Cubs. Gotcha. Did you ever tell him that the Yankees are awful and the Cubs are better? Oh, it didn't matter what you said. He would ignore you. He didn't care. <laughs> he didn't care. If it, was, if it wasn't the Yankees, he didn't want to hear it. That's a true story right there. That is very true. I know I had a couple of discussions with him talking about the White Sox, but the White Sox, until recently... Haven't been good for a while, so he would always throw that in my face. Yeah. Usually, whenever you debate Ricardo about anything in sports, it always something always came back to you about the team that you're rooting for on why they're not good. Yeah, for sure. All right, Martin, any other stories that you want to add to this game and to just the life and awesomeness of Ricky? I mean, those are the, the ones that really kind of come to mind and – are really, like, you know, ones that when you talk about them, like, you get the little smile, laugh out loud. So, no, I'd say I'd say those are those are my favorite stories. For sure. And let's kind of play, like, a real game of rank inside of this. When it comes to Ricky, what's going to make you, I know everything is going to make you think about him, but out of the things that we talked about, that's Call of Duty, Yankees, Marshallonis, and let's rank them when you're thinking about Ricky, what are you going to think about first, second, and then third when we were talking about, you know, a really good close friend of yours? Uh, we got to definitely go, we'll go Call of Duty, Yankees, and Marcelonis. I like it. I like it. You did that fast. Like, that wasn't even easy. That wasn't even hard for you. No, man. I like it. I like it. Anything else before we move on from talking about our fallen comrade, Anything else about Ricky before we move on? No, I think I think we covered everything there from him being a great person and somebody that was always, when you were down, he was always there and he made you laugh. No doubt, no doubt. Before I let you go, let's catch up with you real quick. What are you doing? Where are you at these days? Uh, I'm out in Denver right now, man. Denver? What are you doing out there? Yeah, yeah I came out here and needed a, wanted a, a little change and kind of trying to start my career in, in sales. Sales? Okay, what are you selling? Right now, I'm not necessarily selling anything. I'm out there on the phones, cranking the phones out, trying to set some meetings to get some sales. Okay, okay. Any kind of products, or what are we talking here when we say sales? Uh, so, yeah, so the company that I work for has services. Uh, I guess you can kind of relate it to insurance. So they help businesses make sure that if there's some type of interruption 
that they can continue business, keep the operations going. Okay, okay. So you're just starting off trying to get your feet in the door? Is that kind of what I'm getting? Yes, sir. Okay, okay. Good stuff. Kids? Married? No, none. Not right now. Uh-oh, so you're living that crazy bachelor life out in Denver. I'm uh, trying to. I mean, with this whole pandemic thing, it's a little hard, right? That's true. You can't really go to a Nuggets game and be like, hey, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no Nuggets game. But I did go to a Nuggets game before the whole pandemic. That was pretty cool. Nice, nice. They're a good team. I'd go to a bunch of those games if I had the opportunity. Oh, 100%. Who's your favorite Nugget right now? Not a Nuggets fan, man, so... Oh, uh, that's cool. What fan? What team are you a fan of? Lakers. What is up with you people from Illinois, you, Ricardo, picking these teams that are on the other side of the universe from <laughs> Illinois? Well, I was born in California, so... Uh, then you throw in that cheat card. Whatever, bro. <laughs> that throw it in there somehow, right? Or else you're going to get a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of slack. Who's your favorite Laker? All time? Yeah. You know what? Let's play another game. Let's play Now and Then. Another game we play on here on Edge of Your Seat Podcast with the Lakers. Favorite Laker of all time and your favorite Laker on the Lakers right now. Of all time, for me, it's Kobe. That's my favorite Laker of all time. And right now, I don't know, man. I think I'm going to go AD. Okay, there's a curveball. I thought you were going to go LeBron because everybody goes LeBron. No, I think, for me, it's AD. Okay. What about Kyle Kuzma? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I like his fashion, bro. I like his fashion. Right, right. <laughs> if Kobe was on any other team besides Boston, Lakers, Chicago, it's undoubtedly whatever team that he would be on. Kobe Bryant, favorite player of all time. Easy. Yeah. Put him on the Lakers. That's tough. You got Magic Johnson. You got Shaq. Mm-hmm. You got Will Chamberlain. You got James Worthy. The Le- Jerry West. You got a long, long list of Hall of Famers. Put him on the Bulls. You got Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, Artis Gilmore, a couple other crazy awesome players. Eh, not on the tier of those four, but mm-hmm. put him in that mix. Boston, Larry Bird, Bill Russell. Paul Pierce, list, 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 very long. Put him on any other team, easily Kobe. He doesn't have to contend with anybody for favorite player. Mm-hmm. But you're like, no, it really doesn't matter. He's favorite player ever. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I guess it would have to be more just because I actually did get to watch him play. So, I mean, you know all the greats. Like, obviously, you know uh, Magic Johnson, right? Jerry West. But I, like, I didn't get to see him play, so... Then you can go back and you can watch some video, but it's not the same as actually watching a player play during his time. No doubt. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And Kobe in his own right. Even with those teams and the players that I said, he puts himself where he's in the debate or the top pick for all conversations. Yep. I agree. See, and then my biggest thing is the whole... Very small time when you're most people talk about you talk about Michael Jordan and LeBron, right? But I feel like Kobe just kind of gets gets left behind, you know, kind of little little shade his way. I agree to a certain extent. I mean, probably about five years ago, I would have been like Kobe is definitely in this conversation. Those are the top three players of all time. I would have mm-hmm. said that no doubt. 
But I think LeBron has distanced himself from Kobe and put him as the for sure, for sure, number two. And in a lot of people's eyes, which I don't agree with, a lot of people think he's number one over Jordan. Oh, no, I can't agree with that. Me neither, never. No. No, for sure, Michael Jordan, one for sure. Like, to me, obviously it's biased, so I, I go Kobe, two, and then LeBron. But I can see the argument with him saying LeBron, LeBron two over Kobe. Okay, okay. So you got... Jordan, Kobe, LeBron? Yep. Okay. I mean, everybody's got their opinions, and I respect your opinion, and I can see it. I mean, all three great players, and I love Kobe. Kobe is, man, like you said, we got to watch him. I watched his pretty much entire career. He gets drafted in, what, 95 or 96? I think it was 96. Uh-huh. I was 11. Prime real estate for me watching sports all day. So I've seen many, many, many Kobe games. Is there any other arguments that you have about Kobe Bryant? No. Then, I think we can let you go. Thank you for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Always a pleasure speaking with you. Always awesome to hear more stories about Ricky, Sarabia, Ricardo, good friend of both of ours. You grew up with him, knew him really well, and I know it was a sad day for you when he passed away. Thank you for joining the show and sharing some of those memories with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Likewise, good talking to you. One last word from a sponsor, and then you can have a joyous Thursday after Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yeah, right? Good show to start your day off with. Start your afternoon whenever you do listen to this awesome, amazing episode. Tribute to Ricardo Sarabia. And we will be back later tonight, probably a late night show, talking about some soccer. Mendota met up with Rockford Christian in the big Northern Conference Tournament semifinal yesterday, Wednesday. So we got to talk about that. We are joined by Nick Myers, plus we'll have all kinds of other high school and national sports. If you're not at a game, one of the best places, if not the best, the best, place to watch sports, enjoy your time, be comfortable, is your own home. Olson Construction works hard to help its customers have that awesomeness at their home, be as comfortable and as proud of their living space as possible. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels, they can do absolutely anything. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910. 5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. That's the show. Once again, enjoy your Thursday. Come back tonight, late night probably, for the next edition of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Until then, peace.